today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, the uh, controversy continues. According to an article in the Globe and Mail, uh, Ron Tavener, who is the uh, well new OPP commissioner of Doug Ford, has his way, uh, met with the premier multiple times leading up to his, uh, his uh, appointment as uh, the new OPP commissioner, including apparently a dinner with uh, one of the hiring officials who vetted Tavener for the job. It uh, does not look kosher to an awful lot of people. Joining us to talk about this, Duff Conagher, co-founder of Democracy Watch and adjunct professor at the University of Ottawa. Duff, good morning, and thank you for the time today. My pleasure, Bill. Listen, the more we find out about this, and, and we're just getting dribs and drabs of information, uh, this, this, this stinks. I mean, there there's just seems as if there's, this was all set up. There, there seemed to be a, a pre-produced idea as to what was going to happen here, which is not the way the process is supposed to work. No, not at all. And uh, there's a bit of new information in this Globe uh, story, but um, the main part of it uh, really is that uh, Ford chose the deputy minister, who was Tavener's former boss, and uh, it was he was chosen in October, and then they changed the job description for the position to make Tavener qualified as a superintendent. Uh, not a deputy commissioner anywhere. And uh, then um, uh, the guy that Ford chose, Di Tomasi, uh, who he chose as deputy minister, is on the, the committee that uh, ends up putting forward Tavener to the cabinet. Um, so the, the Globe reveals that the three of them actually dined together in July, but it wasn't a, a dinner that they arranged. It was a dinner at, a, at an event, and they just happened to sit beside each other. Um, so it's not quite uh, a kind of smoking gun where they had dinner right when the interview process was on or something like that. But it just adds to the suspicions that um, this was all uh, prearranged and that Doug Ford intervened entirely in this whole process to ensure that his friend would get the job. And that's what the Integrity Commissioner is investigating and has the full powers to find out uh, what other steps might have been taken by the Premier. And by the way, according to the Globe article, as you know, but just for the sake of our listeners, uh, the, the event that uh, you're referring to, of course, was the uh, annual Toronto Police Chief Invitational uh, Golf Tournament in support of Victim Services in Toronto. Uh, but it's interesting, when uh, when the Globe talked to the people that were organizing that event, nobody seemed to know who invited Doug Ford. Uh, he just seemed to show up. Yes, and uh, that is, um, and he showed up just very soon after being elected, and yeah, I mean, that's something that can be investigated again. If if he was actually invited by Di Tomasi and Tavner to come to the event and sit between them, then uh, <clears throat> that makes it worse in terms of an event leading up to the appointment. Um, we already know, uh, no one's denied it, that uh, Tavner and Ford are longtime close friends. And that's why uh, Democracy Watch's position has been from the very beginning when we filed the first complaint about this with the Integrity Commissioner, that Ford attending the Cabinet meeting uh, where the appointment decision was was approved by the Cabinet is enough as, uh, as a violation of the uh, provincial government ethics law. And anything else that he would have done uh, in addition to that would just make the violation worse. 
Well, and, and there's there's the perception of integrity as, as well as obviously you like to see integrity in the process, but there needs to be a perception of it too. And and invariably, Duff, and you've seen this happen with elected officials in the past, if there's even a sniff that there could be a potential conflict of interest, uh, what usually happens is that elected official will recuse themselves from the whole process and simply say, I'm not going to get involved in this and let you know, let the process unfold as it should, but I won't vote on it, et cetera, et cetera. And we've seen councils at, at the municipal level, we've seen politicians at the provincial and federal level do that. Uh, it seems to me, though, from what we know so far, that Ford did not only not recuse himself, he seemed to delve <clears throat> into this thing with both feet. Well, he says he wasn't involved in uh, anything before the cabinet meeting uh, where the approval was made, and he's called the committee that selected Tavener as the person uh, independent. Um, Except that he, he kind of stacked the deck there, didn't he? <clears throat> well, he did do something, which is, uh, as far as, uh, I mean, I am I am guessing, but um, he he did appoint De Tomasi, and I'm guessing that uh, it's not just definite that De Tomasi as Deputy Minister of Community Safety would be on the selection committee. So I'm guessing that decision also came out of... Uh, Ford's office. Um, and uh, by doing that, as you say, that kind of stacked the deck in Tavner's favor because Di Tomasi was Tavner's former boss. And um, then the, the, the rest are open questions. What directions did they give to the search uh, firm that was hired? So the uh, cabinet and Ford have claimed that the search firm was the one that decided to change the job description so that Tavner would be qualified. Um, that's a bit hard to believe, given the description was changed two days after the job was posted. It's also hard to believe the excuse they're giving, which is that it was to broaden the pool of applicants, because two days after you post a job, you, were, you wouldn't know how broad a pool you would have of applicants. You'd know after 30 days or 60 days, but you wouldn't know after two days. And then uh, the uh, uh, deputy RCMP commissioner who came for Bill Blair um, he's in a conflict of interest, so his claims should also be explored, of course, by the Integrity Commissioner, not just accepted at face value because he was applying for the job, but he says that uh, that uh, one of the chief uh, staff people for the Premier, Dean French, was slated to be at his interview and then suddenly didn't show up, um, but he was told that he was going to be there, and that would be direct intervention by Ford's office in the process. So. Lots for the Integrity Commissioner to investigate, and hopefully he'll do his job thoroughly and and properly and request emails and BlackBerry pins, if anyone's using a BlackBerry, and all communications and phone logs uh, between everyone involved, to uh, as well as meetings and interviewing everyone involved to determine exactly what happened and when it happened. How much sway does, it, does a premier, whether it's Doug Ford or anybody else for that matter, Dove, have uh, w- with senior officials like this? Because, uh, I mean, when he took over, it seemed pretty obvious, and he was only in office a short period of time, that he was butting heads with the current OPP commissioner at that time for whatever reason. I, and I guess one of the reasons why, I think you and I discussed this a, a few weeks ago, uh, the OPP commissioner did not acquiesce to some of the requests that uh, Ford is alleged to have made, including a, a, a minivan or uh, some sort of a recreational vehicle. And I guess he didn't like the people that were on his security details. So they, there seemed to be some, some, some friction there between the two of them uh, right from the get-go. Yes, and those claims about uh, are made by Bill Blair again. So shouldn't be taken at face value, but should be investigated in terms of the spending uh, issue uh, the special spending that that uh, Ford is 
alleged to have requested um, that uh, should be investigated by the Auditor General. And I believe the uh, the NDP has filed a complaint also with the RCMP to determine whether there's any breach of trust in trying to uh, hide the spending, which is the allegation, again, from Bill Blair, that there was a request to actually keep the spending off the books. Um, You know, the Deputy Minister, uh, Di Tomasi, that Ford appointed in October and then was on the selection committee for uh, selecting the new OPP commissioner, Deputy Ministers don't have any independence from uh, a minister. They're serving at the pleasure of uh, the minister in the cabinet and can be fired for any at any time for any reason. So there's no independence there, which is again why I question the, in, the claim that the selection committee was independent of the cabinet. Um, the search firm that was hired to uh, look for candidates, they are serving on contract to the cabinet. So they don't have independence either. When you're serving on contract to someone, you, you do what they say because you're hired by them to do a job, and they're the ones directing you on how to do the job. So no independence there as well. The OPP commissioner, there has to be as much independence as possible. Um, the government may approve the, uh, the person, but if there's even the appearance of a conflict of interest, as you mentioned earlier, then the minister or the premier should be stepping aside, because this is the top cop in the province, and they're the frontline enforcers and investigators of violations of laws that apply to cabinet ministers, including the premier and and all the cabinet staff as well. So uh, if you want to have, I mean, you can't even have the hint of uh, any bias in choosing that person or any uh, connection that they have. So even if Doug Ford didn't take part in this process at all, it would still be a problem to have a close friend of his as the top cop in the province, because if there were allegations against an opposition party politician or staffer, then people would say, well, there's an appearance of bias in terms of the investigation of that person because they're an opposition party member. And and the same if there was an investigation about the premier or any cabinet ministers or any of his cabinet staff or, or top government officials. Well, and we've seen examples of that. I mean, you know, this is not just a philosophical discussion we're having here. Uh, the McGuinney government was, was investigated by the OPP about the gas plant situation and the Wynn government about what they thought were some, some you know, uh, nasty things going on in the by-election up in Sudbury. Uh, and, and even then there was some accusations, of course, about, well, you know, they're biased. But there wasn't. They, they, you know, these guys are doing their job. The OPP did their investigations on this. But if, if the top cop in the OPP is Doug Ford's best buddy and, uh, and all of a sudden the OPP are asked to investigate this, I, I think it, you're right, Duff, it calls into question just how independent and how objective is that investigation going to be? Yes, and, and the Supreme Court has ruled uh, in several cases that you can't even have the appearance of bias. Perception is very important in uh, the enforcement of the law, of course, for obvious reasons, because no one can tell what's going on in someone's head. No one can do a Vulcan mind meld. Nobody is doc- Dr. Spock and able to determine that, oh, this person is acting objectively and not doing something because of bias. And that's why you can't even have the appearance of bias. Uh, and someone has to step aside when they have that appearance of bias because uh, you can never, they can always claim, no, I'm doing this for the right reasons, but you can't tell because you can't tell what's going on in their head. So, you know, we have this problem provincially not just with this appointment, but with other appointments that Ford has made. DeMarcus Watts has filed a complaint about his appointment of 
the U.S. Uh, trade representative for Ontario, because he was uh, on the campaign for, for Doug Ford. So, again, that's a biased appointment. Uh, Jenny Byrne has just been appointed by Ford to the Ontario Energy Board. Again, she was his uh, one of his chief staff people. That's a biased appointment also, and, and to an, another body that enforces the law. And the law, in the case of Energy Board, applies to Ontario Hydro, which is uh, partially owned by the government. So um, the lot, I, Doug Ford doesn't seem to get it, that you can't just do patronage and crony appointments. I mean, they've been done throughout history in Canada, and surprisingly few of them challenged. But it's unethical, and Democracy West's position is against the provincial government ethics law. We're seeing the same problem at the federal level. We have the in court right now uh, challenges of the Trudeau cabinet's appointment of the federal ethics commissioner and lobbying commissioner, because both of them were investigating situations involving Prime Minister Trudeau and uh, some of his cabinet ministers when the cabinet appointed them. And you can't do that. You can't choose your judge right in the middle of an investigation. That's akin to what Trump did in the U.S. when he fired the head of the FBI in the midst of the investigation into his and his colleagues' dealings, uh, possibly with Russia during the, the U.S. election time period. You can't have these situations with law enforcement. You can't even have the hint of bias. Well, and he doubled down on that, obviously, when he fired Jeff Sessions and put uh, one of his acolytes in there uh, as 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 also, the yes. acting attorney general. And and so uh, I, I hate to I know people hate to see these analogies drawn between what's going on in the Trump administration and what Doug Ford's doing. But I mean, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, I mean, there are some similarities in attitude, if nothing else. Indeed. Well, uh, and, but uh, the, what's similar is that these are law enforcement positions. And again, if you have even the hint of bias, you're undermining uh, law enforcement. <clears throat> to have a democracy, you have to have what's called the rule of law, which means that the law applies to even the most powerful people in uh, a jurisdiction like Ontario, and um, it has to be applied equally to everybody. Nobody gets off just because they have power or because they have ties uh, of any kind to law enforcement. And that's why you can't even have the appearance of bias, because it undermines the rule of law and undermines our democracy. And that's what Trump's done in the U.S., and that's what the appointment of Tavener uh, would do in, uh, in Ontario, because he's a close friend of the premier. And you would have that appearance of bias in every OPP police investigation from then on. Duff, how much uh, weight does an integrity commissioner report have? Well, we'll see. Um, he, unfortunately, because of a big flaw with the system, can only recommend a penalty. Uh, he can't reverse a decision, but uh, it will make it very politically costly if he finds that uh, Doug Ford violated the provincial uh, government ethics law. Um, in terms of penalty, his the recommendation of the Integrity Commissioner goes to the legislature, where the Conservatives have a uh, majority. And then it would up, be up to Conservative MPPs to decide whether to penalize Doug Ford if he is found in violation. And that's obviously a bad situation because, once again, you have a bias. Uh, those are Conservative MPPs judging a Conservative Premier. And politicians, because they're partisan and political, should never be in the position to judge another politician because they always make decisions based on politics as opposed to the law and the evidence. 
It's it's one of the I think as you mentioned one of the faults of the, of the whole purpose of integrity commission. And so we've seen this happen at the municipal level too, where uh, they'll do a report and it goes back to council. Well, it's council that they're investigating. So I mean, what are they going to no, do? Exactly, it's very bad system. These people are given the role to judge whether someone's violated the law, and like other judges, they should also be given the power to issue the penalty. It just doesn't make sense to have the recommendation from a judge as to whether someone's violated the law go back to uh, a committee or, or a legislature full of politicians to make the final decision on, on the, the penalty. It's, I mean, it's a kangaroo court. Whenever politicians are judging each other, that's the definition of a kangaroo court because they make decisions on the basis of politics, not the law and not the evidence. Are you surprised, uh, as the Globe and Mail article pointed out today, that uh, the Integrity Commissioner has yet to talk to the Premier about this? Uh, I would have thought that uh, that would be a place to start. Um, But if you look again at the investigation of Trump in the U.S. uh, with with, uh, Mueller, Mueller hasn't talked to Trump either. He's been talking to everyone around Trump. And getting all the stories from them before talking to the person that's facing the allegation. Uh, it's not a bad way to sort of build a case because if, you know, 12 people in a row tell you this is what happened and then you go and talk to the premier and he says, no, that's not what happened. Then that's almost a better way to be constructing your investigation than talking to the person alleged to have done wrong first and getting a story from him. Um, that he may then try and get others to repeat when you when you go and talk to them. So um, as long as he does talk to the premier and get every piece of communications between the premier and anyone in the premier's office and anyone else involved in cabinet or the selection process, that's very key. He cannot leave uh, any of those communications out of his investigation because um, this is the kind of thing that, it would be done by a BlackBerry pin, uh, which is not, uh, can, you can't find uh, and obtain those through the Access to Information Act, and the minister's offices are not subject to the Access to Information Act. So he needs to be looking at all those communications because uh, Ford would, if he did intervene, would, um, unless, unless he really doesn't understand conflict of interest, wouldn't have been doing it in some blatant, obvious, out-in-the-open way. Although Bill Blair has claimed that he did by having Dean French plan to be attending an interview with him, which would be a blatant and out-in-the-open uh, violation but, because uh, it would be so directly intervening in the process. But as you know from your, your legal background, obviously, I mean, ignorance of the law is, is not a defense, and well, we'll not see what all. happens to say about this. Duff, we're just about out of time on this. Uh, continued good luck with this. Uh, I'd like to see uh, the commissioner obviously turn over a lot of stones on this, and I look forward to the report and look forward to our conversations again in the future. Thanks. Yes, we have many more complaints coming, so we'll keep you up to date. <laughs> okay, thanks again. Thank Duff Conniger, co-founder of Democracy Watch. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.